tonight I want to continue with uh, the message we started, Can't Stop the People of the Spirit. Cannot Stop the People of the Spirit. Amen. Now stand up. <laughs> we will make our confession, right? We'll make our confession. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I want to let you know that if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and if there is the fullness of the Spirit of God in your life, and there is the understanding of the Word of God, God has automatically deposited the potential to have the knowledge of the Holy One. It's a difference. The knowledge of the Holy One. That's the true knowledge. That's the knowledge that's above every natural knowledge you can have on the earth. But also it gives you the power to be able to understand nature and natural things. So you will have the power of the knowledge of the Holy One. You will also have wisdom and understanding. The Bible tells us, I believe it's in Exodus chapter uh, 35, we alluded to that last time. God picked up Basileon, a son from the house of um, Judah, and God filled him with the Spirit and filled him with the Spirit of wisdom and of knowledge and of understanding in every walk of life. God, he wasn't born with it. God filled him with the Holy Spirit and gave him all of that. So he knew how to do any kind of work. If you look at the Old Testament tabernacle, he was able to do everything gold-plated. Nobody taught him that. Just God picked him and said, Now you can have this. And you know about Solomon. Solomon was not born with wisdom. He himself confessed, and I'm going back a little bit. Solomon himself confessed that he wasn't wise enough to govern God's people. He said, look, I have no wisdom. I don't know how to do this. I can't handle, and he had already been king for a while. But the Bible tells us that Solomon loved the Lord, but he had no knowledge, no real wisdom. And one night, God visited him. And Solomon's life changed. Nobody knew God had visited him. After God visited him in this one night, if you saw Solomon the next day, he looked just like the Solomon you saw the night before. Until the day of his manifestation. For Israel to know something transpired when God visited him with the Holy Spirit. When they brought that child with two women claiming to be the, the mother of that child. And Solomon did something and from then on, this is the way God works. Once your day of your manifestation comes, it's not this and this. He goes way up like that. To the point where the whole region 
Even in Ethiopia, they were hearing about Solomon. And all they wanted is the wisdom God had given to him. But he was not born with it. That's where we should have hope. You don't have to be born with it. All you need is the Holy Spirit. Now I can understand what Jesus meant. If I stay, he will not come. It is better for you that I go away. I always think in my natural mind, I like to keep physical Jesus with me. Jesus said, you don't really need me. The one you need is the Holy Spirit. So the people of the Spirit cannot be stopped. Let me share a scripture with you. It's so important from the Old Testament because that's when we begin to see the shadow of how God does His thing. Seek to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's the solution. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, this is about Saul. Samuel had anointed Saul to be king and he told him, you'll meet a group of people, they will be prophesying. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you at that point, and you will prophesy. Let me read this. It says, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and be turned into another man. You are turned into another man. You were born one kind of man, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you are able to operate through the Spirit, when it's over, you are turned into another man. A different kind of being. That's why the Bible says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. The wind blows. And you hear the sound of it. But you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. They are a mystery to the world. You are turned into another man when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So I feel sorry for people who want to argue. I don't want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, if you want to be ordinary, go ahead. Stay that way. But when you allow the Holy Spirit to fill your life, you are turned into another man. You, pro, you act differently in different situations. You cannot be understood. There is nothing that can stop you. There is not, when the Holy Spirit gets, gets a hold of your life, there is nothing too big. Samson, like I said last time, could care less if you have the whole army of the Philistines. He believes he'll take them all on. He says, what? If they shout at him, the Holy Spirit gets on him and he's ready to finish them up. One man. And so they wanted to know what is the secret of his strength. I could have told them easily, the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That was the secret. Because when he gets on him... It's over. As long as the, coven, the mark of the covenant was on his life, that's his hair. As long as it was there, then the Holy Spirit is given permission to come on him. And once the Holy Spirit comes into him, he becomes another man. And you cannot stop him. They were able to stop him when the Holy Spirit didn't come down. And he was just like every other man. You know, the, the only thing that stood against David marrying a princess, 
because he was a shepherd boy from the farm. The only thing that stood against David marrying a princess and getting enriched, greatly enriched by the king and his family exempted from paying taxes for the rest of their life. How many were like that? (laughs) The only thing standing against him, getting that, was Goliath. Because the king promised, if anyone can kill this fellow, I will enrich your family, I will make sure your father's house will never pay taxes. And then I will enrich you. That's a good deal. And David saw Goliath. This real big guy. And every time he moved, the soldiers, they scattered, they ran away from him. He's too big. But David was thinking, man, he's so big, I cannot miss. There is no way the helmet he has can cover everything he's got. He's so big. This is easy. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 13, God had already anointed David through Samuel. And the the Bible says the Holy Spirit followed Samuel from that, I mean David, followed David from that day forward. After he was anointed, the Holy Spirit followed him all through after that. God had anointed him. And the Holy Spirit had been giving him some practice in how to operate in that power while he was still keeping sheep. You know, a lion came, he took care of that by the power. It wasn't just David's David's strength. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. He had no fear. Nothing could stop him. Because the Holy Ghost in the wilderness had been giving him some practice on how to take out giants. He took care of a a lion. He took care of a bear. And to him, that's good enough practice. This, he is so big I can't miss. I'll take him out. You see, when the Holy Spirit is on you, you are fearless. You are fearless. You know, last week I made, I made it clear that the Holy Spirit can give you first knowledge. You need knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. But you can have knowledge and don't know how to use knowledge for your benefit. It takes wisdom from God to know how to use knowledge that you have for your benefit. So wisdom is required for knowledge to produce in your life. So the Bible tells us, I believe Proverbs 4 verse 7, the Bible tells us wisdom is the primary thing. The number one thing. So get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding also. Because understanding is knowing how things tie together. Understanding will give you The confidence to apply wisdom using your knowledge. 
Once you have the understanding, you lose your fear. Because you know how things work. You get all the knowledge for a while and then you begin to get wisdom on how to apply the knowledge. But once you have gained understanding, you lose the fear. And I shared with you what it is for my own life. I spent a lot of time just imbibing scriptures on healing. It's not about me, it's about him. I read, I know the history of healing in the church. I know about Smith Wigglesworth. I read like crazy. Just I was so intrigued by those things. But when every time God tells me, why don't you pray for the sick? I tell him, look, I deal with praying with people to receive the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. I don't understand that. But once God gave me understanding, it was one night. And my wife can remember. I just, I woke up that night, that morning, and I knew. And I told Angela, I think I can help somebody. I can open deaf, I just said it, I can open deaf ears and make the dumb to speak. And Angela said, you can't do that, the Holy Spirit. I said, well, that's exactly what I was saying. The Holy Spirit is the one that does it. But I already knew I could. And I was waiting for my opportunity to do that. And no fear. Because I knew God would not lie. I'll do what he said to do. And he'll do what he, God can do. I lost the fear. I, didn't, I could care less whether people were there or just two people. It didn't matter to me. I got nothing to prove. I understand this is how God works. And so you can step out. But until you understand it, you're too afraid to even try. So understanding gives you the confidence to apply the wisdom that God is giving to you using knowledge. You need understanding. You need wisdom. So that's what the taste is had. But David, he had it. They all were running from him. He already knew. He had the understanding. This guy is talking against God of Israel. He's finished. He knew it. He wasn't because of his skills. He knew you don't talk against the God of Israel and survive. He knew that. So he was ready to be the man. And he would take all the benefits that come from it, from the king. He could care less. He was fearless. Let's read this scripture. Look at this. First Samuel chapter 17, beginning from verse 45. He says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. What did we say? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. Goliath couldn't take him. It was already over. You're coming in those stick, whatever, whatever you had before, but I'm hiding in the Lord. I'm way above you. So he was telling him that. And it's good to always speak what you want to happen. In, in, since we're here, and this is a teaching session, if you were here on Sunday, you probably hear me say, many of you are going to be healed today. You know what I was doing? I was preparing them to get well. You know about Billy Graham? I mean, you know Billy Graham? When he's preaching, you know what he does? This is secret, okay? But I know what he's doing. He goes and he says, uh, many of you, this great stadium today, many of you are going to be coming down here at the end of the service to give your life to Christ. He hasn't preached yet. You know what he was doing? 
he was preparing the harvest. And finally, when he comes, after he's through preaching, he says, now it's time for you to come up. Guess what? They're running down to the place. <laughs> so on Sunday, I speak the word. You're going to be healed today. You don't have to worry. After the message, you're going to be healed. I don't have the fear because God, you say it with your mouth and it's established. Decree a thing and it shall be established. This is what Christianity is all about. It's not about pastor. It's just all of us believers. So we know what God's saying. Amen. So David was telling him exactly what was going to happen before it happened. Listen to what David says. This day, verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you. He's talking about, okay? I'm going to strike you. (laughs) I will strike you and take your head from you. What happened after he struck him? He took his head from him. Everything he told him, that's exactly what happened. But he did it in the name of the Lord. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcass of the camp of the Philistines in the, uh, to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. And that's exactly what happened. It wasn't just the uh, Goliath, but his people as well. But he said it before it happened. Because he understood the principles. God had taught him. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit in his life. You can't stop that. This was a young man that had so much wisdom. And he said it in the Psalms. You've given me so much wisdom. I'm wiser than all of my enemies. Because when you have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, no one can stop you. Nobody can bring you down. They'll try, but they can nev- they'll never be successful. It says, Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand, our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran towards the army, to meet the Philistine. You know, I was thinking the other day, I'm sure the, uh, the Goliath, uh, he was thinking, oh my goodness, what kind of animal is this? He expected David to run away from him. You know that? Because they were all running. So when David was talking, he said, this guy is bragging, I'll make him run. And he was walking towards him, and this guy was running towards him. I'm sure that disarmed him. What's going on? He's coming towards me. He's not even scared. That's what we do to the devil. Amen? <laughs> this stuff about, oh, Satan, please leave me alone. He doesn't understand that kind of language. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. You got to stand up. He ran towards him. And he struck him. There's something that I picked up from the life of David, from the Holy Spirit, why he was so successful. Because the Holy Spirit, I know we know of Solomon's wisdom. 
But we don't know that God, because of the same Holy Spirit that was on David's life, he loaded that man with wisdom. That's why he was successful. There was wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, you have the mind of Christ. And Jesus has become to the church wisdom from God. But let me read this scripture for you. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 5, it says, So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. This was a young man. He behaved wisely. And Saul sent him over the men of war, set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people. When, you're, when you are filled with the Spirit and operating under the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, they will accept you as the leader. They will. In whatever area God sets you, whether it's at work, wherever, God will bring you up. He was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. So the whole people and those working in the king's palace, they all respected David. Not because of him killing Goliath, but they saw something unusual about him. He's so smart. He's wise. He behaved himself wisely. And they saw that. There was something different about this young man. And they respected him for that. And then he tells us in verse 14, And David, again, he's saying the same thing, And David behaved wisely. He had wisdom. He behaved wisely in all his ways. How did he learn that? Did you notice when David was anointed, his father forgot him? Didn't even think that David would qualify? Until Samuel asked for David. We don't know why. We believe he was young, but the father left him for the sheep. And Samuel said, don't have any other son. Oh yes, I I, I have one left. And Samuel said, nobody sits down until he gets here. He behaved himself wisely. In every way. All his ways. Why? Because he was following the way of the Lord. And that's the way of wisdom. And then he says, and the Lord was with him. And that's the same thing that God said about Joseph. Remember him? And the Lord was with Joseph. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, now we've left wisely to what? Very wisely. He was afraid of him. The king is afraid of a teenager. You know why he was afraid? The Bible says the Holy Spirit had left Saul. Remember that? And he took David playing for him to be relieved. If the Holy Spirit was still on Saul, he wouldn't be afraid of David. But now he was afraid of a teenager in his house. Because he could tell. The Holy Spirit's got that one. And we can't stop this one. Can't touch this, right? (laughs) 
there was something about David that in his wisdom he knew. Which probably today in church, sometimes people, some people don't even understand that. You know, David knew Saul was behaving badly, right? But he also knew God's word in wisdom. David was the one that used, you can't touch God's anointed. You know that? You cannot touch God's anointed. He won't touch Saul, won't say anything bad about Saul. Even though he knew what Saul was doing was wrong, he still won't touch him. He won't. He, one time he cut just a rope just to make a point, And he said his heart struck him. He felt so bad. He was confessing to God, for, forgive me. That's what the Lord was dealing with me this week. He just coming to me and started showing me all, all kinds of things in this area. I think Angela and I, we read some book back there. Angela had forgotten, but I was reminding Angela back there. This is very important. This book is called Breaking the Curses of Life. And this man had written, a great minister known all over the world. There was somebody, a member of his church, that took a difference to him. He wasn't even aware. They have thousands of people in the church. And from that day, this fellow's business, went, everything he was doing went south. He was struggling for years. And so he went on a fast, wondering what's going on. And God said, my servant. And he went to pastor and said, look, please forgive me. He said, pastor said, I don't even know what you're talking about. But he says, I know you don't know, but I need this, please. <laughs> pastor prayed for him, released him. And everything changed according to that testimony. A lot of people don't get, have a lot of wisdom. This is not, I have, I, sometimes it's hard to, for me to say this because I'm pastor. Because it's like serving bed. Paul said, I never withheld, withheld anything that was profitable from you. I've got to share you. There was only one thing I asked my pastor, Kendall, in a meeting because I was a board member. It was a simple question. I still can't forget it to today. I've asked God so many times to forgive me. I mean, there was nothing wrong with the question. But I, he made him uncomfortable and I knew that. Probably anyone in the room will not remember it. But I asked him a question about the church that made him uncomfortable. And I knew he made him uncomfortable. It was no big deal. But I, that thing was, he stayed in my mind. And after I started the church, this church... We started this church. Then I realized I, it's even worse. I shouldn't have asked that question. And I've asked God to forgive me. These things are very important. We need to understand some of these things. David understood it very well. He never went there. Even though the man was behaving badly. I'm not saying you should go with a pastor who is acting silly. But if you can determine that God is really called this person, be very careful. Be very careful. See, God doesn't change. The law, testament has changed. But God himself has not changed. He's still the same person. He doesn't change. God has not changed. He's going to be the same person. But David understood this. And David said, I will not touch God's anointed, no matter what. And there was a, an Amalekite that claimed to have killed Saul. And David took him out. He says, why were you not afraid? And David had been running from Saul all along. You can read about Elisha. Just some kids 
calling him Boarhead. Please don't say that, okay? And a bear came from the jungle and killed them all. Little boys. These things, you know, they jump at you. But then, one of the things that God shared with me as I was thinking through this, I noticed the whole camp of Israel, they, for the most part, stood against Moses. Always questioning. I mean, you remember that. But there was one fellow, never did. Was never, he wasn't even a part. Notice what happened. Moses picked 70 people after Jethro spoke to him to replace him. This fellow was not picked. Never complained. Stayed with Moses. I'm talking about Joshua. He was just a servant. He never participated in anything against Moses. He was totally out of it. All he wanted to do was support God's servant to do whatever he's doing. Whether he's making a mistake, he wasn't involved. When, he came, when the time came for God to pick the next leader, I would think he'll pick from the 70. No, that slave boy or whatever you want to that was seven Moses, that's the one that he picked. We need to understand the way of God sharing my heart with you. This week also I thought to myself, Miriam and Aaron. Remember that? Numbers chapter 12. They stood against Moses because Moses was their youngest brother. Miriam was the girl that stood by the river now and you know, she was already a grown woman. Moses was just little brother. And Aaron was already, I mean, he was born way before Miriam. And so they were older than Moses. Not only that, God was using them as well. They said, does God, read in Numbers chapter 12, he said, God is, doesn't speak just through Moses. Because Moses married an Ethiopian. Moses never said a word. I'm sure he knew he was wrong. But it was already done. They said, God doesn't speak just through Moses. He speaks to us as well. And the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. And God came down and said, uh, three, three of you guys come over here. And took them to the, the tabernacle, the gate of the tabernacle. And God came down in a cloud and said, now, Miriam and Aaron, you guys come here. And he spoke to them and God said, I'll tell you who the leader is here. And after he spoke to them, you can read, after he left, he left, Miriam was leprous. Have you ever questioned why Aaron wasn't touched? God didn't do anything to Aaron. Aaron could not intercede for Miriam, but he wasn't punished. And that was my question. God, as he was ministering to me, why wasn't Aaron punished? And God, I believe, God said to me, Miriam was, in not, was not in their class. Excuse me. What that is, you have a prophet, a prophet of Israel, and you have the high priest of Israel. God's not going to put the high priest of Israel through something like that. To be leprous, high priest, is not going to happen. 
Miriam was part of the congregation, even though God used her. I'm being very bold tonight, but I'm telling you what I feel like God has shared with me. There is a difference. There is a difference. There is a difference. I've never understood why Aaron wasn't punished until in my mind this week. That's what I got in my spirit. That was the high priest of the people of Israel. And Moses was the prophet. Not, I used to think because he was a man and the other one was a woman. No, no, no. Their position. Their office. In the house of God. These things are hard to teach. I think Pastor Roy and I have discussed some of this many times. But somebody's got to teach it so we know. I, when I was a new Christian, I was afraid. Even though I knew my pastor was doing things wrong, uh, I approached him carefully and disagreed with him and left. And that was it. But I noticed when you do something, at, at the, it will take only God's grace for you to know that the trouble you're going through is because you have done this. That's the danger of it. I thank God that I read that book. So I know. But I already was aware of it. And then ministers can also abuse that authority. But God will deal with them as well. But we have to be very careful. My point is, God, Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. You will never find, don't touch my anointed in any of the law. But it's the way of the Lord. You have to be very careful. And I'm going to say to you today, if you have done something to somebody who was a man of God in the past, even if they were wrong, please ask God for mercy. Would it hurt you to do that? You don't have to go back to the church. But ask God to forgive you because you don't really know. That man didn't know until God, through fasting, made it clear to him that was your trouble. And that's why everything changed. We need to be very careful because God is still the same. It's not like you won't go to heaven. It's just things get very difficult for you. And your understanding of the way of the Lord becomes a little bit more difficult. You guys are real quiet tonight. <laughs> you can disagree with me, but that's what I believe the Lord is sharing with me to share with you. You can't stop the people of the Spirit when the Holy Spirit is in their lives. We need to understand that in the Old Testament, only special people had the Holy Spirit come upon them. Only special people. Only special people. The priests... The prophet and the kings. There was a time where the prophet was the judge of Israel. That's why we have the book called Judges. And then you have the priests too. And then later God added the king. And then you got three. So you only have these three group of people and they were special. No other group of, no other person could. And so, when you look at the lives of those upon whom the Holy Spirit came on, it's always very different from the rest of them. God made His acts known to the children of Israel, but His ways to Moses. It's a big difference. 
But for us in the New Testament, you are special. Because the Holy Spirit is upon you. You now carry the place of the priests. And you also were king. He made us kings and priests unto our God. And he is the king of kings. So now, king of kings. So now every believer has everything that was available to them in the Old Testament. You now carry that. That's your portion today. So really, you cannot be stopped. You really cannot be stopped. Because you carry that anointing upon your life. Jesus said about John the Baptist in Mark, uh, Matthew 11, verse, uh, 11, Assuredly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is greater than he. I used to wonder, wow, I don't feel that way. <laughs> okay? You feel greater than John the Baptist? Everywhere in the world, people are preaching about John the Baptist. Nobody's preaching about you or me. <laughs> they preach about John the Baptist. How can the least in the kingdom be greater than John? Tell your friend at work that you are greater than John the Baptist and listen to what they tell you. And yet Jesus proclaimed it because with John the Baptist, he was of the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit came on them when they had to do something for God. But for you, he lives in you. He lives with you. And everywhere you go, you carry him. And he'll give you instruction if you ask every time. On Sunday, I told you it was Sunday morning before I knew what I should be doing on that, in that Sunday morning service. Because I was clueless. But I needed to hear from him. No striving. I knew he was going to give me some kind of instruction as how to run the service. And every service, I have to ask him. And I'm sure he's going to tell me what to do. And I want to follow through with what he says. Not my understanding. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he walks through you. So once I know you've heard from him and he's giving you wisdom, you lose the fear. So you can do what you're doing with confidence and don't worry about what people think. The greatest hindrance we have, every one of us, is concerned about what people think. What if I do this and nothing happens? What if I call people to pray for their deaf ears and their ear don't open? Then you lose a few members. <laughs> but that's what's holding us back. Because, but when the Holy Spirit comes over your life, and we all have the Holy Spirit, and I'm showing you, let the Holy Spirit take over. You lose the fear. You lose the concern about what people think. Because some people look holy and some people don't look much holy. <laughs> and so you look at people and think, oh, that brother, brother so-and-so is there. I wonder what he thinks. I don't care what he thinks. He's struggling like I'm struggling as well. <laughs> We're all in the same boat. 
Amen. When God gives you wisdom, you understand he just looks holy or she just looks holy. We are all in the same boat. We are all trying to figure our way out. So I, I'm not going to study that fellow. I'm trying to make my way for myself. Hello? Please don't answer the phone, okay? <laughs> but that's what it is. Don't bother about people. Just let God lead you. Let They have their opinion. I'm very aware that, and, and please accept this, okay? I'm very aware that everything you do as a pastor, people are making their judgments, right? I know that. Somebody told me, I, I won't tell you what they say about you. I, say, I already know. They keep, let them, you guys keep it up. Keep talking. It's not my business. All I want to do is follow the master who called me. I don't care how you judge me. Because he's going to judge me in the last day. And I'm saying, for everyone, that should be our attitude. Forget people. But let your heart be sincere towards him. If you make mistakes, he'll correct you. Because it's towards him. Amen? But let me close with this. This spirit of God in your life, he is the spirit of counsel. It says in Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, it says, The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. How many of you have the Holy Spirit resting upon you? Please put your hand up. He's resting upon you. He's wanting to come upon you, but let him rest upon you. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Is the Spirit of wisdom. Is the Spirit of understanding. He is the Spirit of counsel and might. That's the Holy Spirit. He'll counsel you when you need answers. So you lose your fear. He'll give you understanding of what the problem is. So you are able to wake up in the morning without fear. Your head raised up knowing God's going to take care of me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... You have no fear because you know God's on your side. If God be for me, who can be against me? You can stand up because the spirit of counsel is upon your life. You have no reason to be afraid. He didn't give you the spirit of fear. He gave you the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. And I like to say, my mind is sound. I say it to myself. If I turn around and see you in the corner, I say, brother, I'm, 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 I'm not insane, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm just yelling to myself. He's the spirit of knowledge. He said, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord. That's in the reverence of the Lord. That's your delight. What gives you joy is to reverence the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. So you have an inner eye. And then in a ear, you hear what people can't hear. And you see what people cannot see. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you. So when you decide, you are deciding according to your inner eyes. And your inner ears, you hear things that people cannot hear. You understand things that they don't understand. And it leaves you with so much confidence. No fear of man. No fear of man and people's opinions. You know that Jesus could care less? 
There was only one time he said, what do people say about me? But that was not really what he wanted to know. He wanted to know what his friends thought about him. Not what they are saying. He knew what they were saying all over the place. That was in his business. He could care less. He could care less what Caiaphas thought about him. Not even Pilate. He wouldn't even talk to the fellow. He wouldn't even answer Pilate. And when Pilate says, don't you realize I have the power? He says, you don't have the power. What makes you think you have power over me? You can't have it unless it's given to you from above. And Pilate says, this guy, I don't really want to mess with him. There's something about him. I have been a real bad man, but I'm not going to be bad with this fellow. Look, something is wrong here. It's not right. When they can sense that spirit in you, even the most evil person in the world will fear you. So, that's what it is. It's the spirit of might that God has given to us. Romans chapter 8, it says, We are more than conquerors. 37. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14 says, God always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always causes us to triumph. You can't stop them. The people of the Spirit cannot be stopped. He always, not sometimes, He always will lead us in triumph. In Christ, because we are in Him, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And through us, He spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God. In every place. Everywhere we go, there is a fragrance of the knowledge of God. Everywhere we go, we spread that. When you have the Holy Spirit. He, he causes us to triumph. He leads us into triumph everywhere. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, he says you condemn them. He's the heritage, the inheritance of the servants of God. And their righteousness, God says, that's mine. I gave it to them. You can beat that. They will surely gather. God says, not by me. I didn't send them. Anyone who gathers against you will fall for your sake. All those demons, when they see you, they know here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? You can't stop those who are of the Spirit. One of the things, and I'm, oh wow, I'm taking my time tonight. One of the things that you must know, the, you know what your greatest weapon is? How many of you know who the, what their greatest weapon is as a Christian? Your mouth. Your mouth. A lot of people pride themselves if they don't talk much. <laughs> if you don't talk much as a Christian, you're going to suffer. Because that's the greatest weapon. It's better not to talk when, if you, at these days, Michael and I, we talk about science only when we are around each other. <laughs> I don't talk science to anybody very much. 
I enjoy talking about the things of God. I'll talk of your ears. It, once you open that passage, uh, you ask for it. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. <laughs> because I'll talk to you about this. I enjoy it. It's my life. Your words are seed. If you don't plant, why would you expect to reap? Every word you say that's positive in the ears of God in heaven stands up as a memorial. God notices. He hears everything everybody's saying, right? Much more when you're talking about Him and His word and what He's doing, what you've seen Him do. Those things are very important to heaven. And so you speak about that. This is what Jesus said, and I'll close with this. It says, because I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries or your enemies will not be able to contradict or resist. Were you born with a mouth? Obviously. This is in a mouth, something that is not seen. I will give you a mouth and wisdom. The spirit of wisdom, of knowledge, understanding of the way of the Lord. So that your enemy is not able to resist you when you speak. When you are afraid to declare God's word, you don't have understanding yet. What you are not able to declare, you don't have the right to receive. If you cannot declare boldly that you are healed by the Lord, it's hard to receive healing. And if you receive it, Satan will steal it from you. That's what what you did tonight was so good. You said it with your mouth. And then you seal it. Because they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb... And by the word of their testimony. You got to speak. This gentle stuff, is we got to put that away sometimes. It's good to be gentle. Men, be gentle towards your wife. But when it comes to Satan, have a different attitude. Fine. Who is that? Let the devil go, wow. What was that? That's the way we should deal with it. We cannot be stopped. Amen? None of you can be stopped. Because God is with you. And if God's with you, no one can be against you. Stand up with me tonight. I hope, I believe that you have received God's wisdom tonight. Amen? How many got God's wisdom? And you will be successful. You will be successful. You will be successful. You can say, I am a success. I am healed. I have a sound mind. I cannot be sick. Please say that like you really mean it. Because (laughs) they say, I don't know whether to say that because I'm not feeling that good. (laughs) Let God be true and every man a liar. I cannot be sick. I'm always well. I am rich. God's taking care of all my needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God's with me. I cannot fail. Amen. God bless you.